Brother Terry. Praise the Lord again, everyone. May the Lord bless you. You can be seated. I've, I've got about 10 hours of burden and message in my heart, and you need to pray that I can do it real quick <laughs> because I have a tremendous burden. God has, God has squeezed me. God has pressed me. God has got a hold of me in, in a very special way, and I was feeling the same very thing, and I told Brother Terry, I said, I'd gone to a training class, and the new job that I've got, and, and I told Brother Terry, I said, Brother Terry, I've been thrown to the wolves. I've been cast out among the wolves. I said, it's wicked. Roy, I've worked for myself for many years, and I've been isolated. I've been away from a lot of things, and I don't go a lot of places, and I don't mingle a whole lot. And I was kind of isolated, and, and then all of a sudden, I go into this new phase of my life, and I do believe it's the will of God. I do believe there's a will of God wherever we are. I believe there's a permissive will of God that we can just do the work of God anywhere. And God will use us and bless us and do for us and, and we can be a part of the kingdom of God. But then I also believe there's a perfect will of God. And if I've ever felt in the perfect will of God, I feel it. In a ministry line, not a job line, in a ministry job that God has allowed me to go into. But immediately about the same time that I told Brother Terry that, he said, well, let me tell you that because of the times, just this week, a minister preached that we're sheep among sheep most of the time. We mingle among one another. But he said, Jesus said, I'm sending you out among the wolves. And I, I, it was a confirmation again of the Holy Ghost. And that God was doing and beginning to work some things in my life. I didn't give it to you, Lexi, but it's Luke chap, or John chapter 11. And we'll begin reading with verse number 39. And while she's getting that pulled up, and we're going to read through verse 44. Let me tell you, and, and you know the story so much of where Jesus was, had been told several days before, Lazarus is dead. And the Bible said he stayed a a couple of days longer and then he began to make his way toward Bethany and in making his way toward Bethany it was not a fast journey it was a full day's journey again it was a full day one more time and and then it was four days him getting to the tomb of Lazarus into Bethany and when he got into Bethany there were those that said, 
you could have you could have done this four days ago and he wouldn't have even died. You could have spoken the word and and they made a big a big deal out of it before Jesus and he understood it all. He knew it all. But then Jesus walked up to the tomb of Lazarus and beginning in verse 39, Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by now he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, said not I unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead body was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou heardest me always, hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe and that thou, that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. That was powerful. That was all great. But then he goes on to say, and he that was dead came forth, bound, everybody say bound, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them. Jesus didn't say it. Jesus spoke to the church, and he said, Loose him and let him go. I want to I talk to you for the next little while, and there's going to be quite a bit of things going on in this message, and I pray that you're not distracted, but you'll be able to follow all the way through the message of what is going to take place on the ministry of loosing. The ministry of loosing. Can I tell you, four-day dead is not dead enough for the defeat of the word of promise. The smell of decayed dreams is not enough to stop the word of promise. Now people will speak up and say, but, but, but God, but God, not but God can, but, but God, don't you know that it's four days and that it smells by now, it's, I don't think we ought to do what you're asking us to do. Now, step number one was the responsibility of the church again before Jesus can move. Before Jesus can do the work that he wants to do. When he said, remove the stone, Jesus didn't call angels. Everything could have been done instantly and and, and very quick and it could have all been 
bam, 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 and it was all over, and Lazarus was there, and he was not bound any longer. But Jesus said, roll away the stone. Oh, but God, you don't understand, Jesus. It's going to be, it's going to reek. It's, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be very nice. Now, if you would have got here a few days ago, then I believe that everything would have been all right and we could have, we could have rolled back the stone. But by now, I, I don't see it happening. I want you to know God will move when your faith is at its lowest. God will move for you whenever it seemed like you don't know what to do next. God will still step into the midst of it and scream and holler and say, come forth. It's going to be all right. I've, gave, I've given you a promise. I've given you an assurance that everything is going to be all right. So they rolled away the stone and Jesus cried for Lazarus to come forth. In the midst of Lazarus breathing again and coming forth, there were things that were bound on him. They had put him away for good. They had wrapped him up, and it could soon become the bones like they were in Ezekiel's day. And they could go back into a, into a cave. They could go back into a tomb after the bones were all dried, after the bones were, were just right, and they could take those bones and they could place them in certain parts of the tomb and just stack them away because they may have used one tomb for a whole family. And so they stacked these bones all away there and got them ready for the next person that was going to be buried in the tomb, no doubt. But Jesus said, you're not going to have to worry about stacking these bones. You're not going to have to worry about fooling around with this. I'm going to take care of these bones. I made them. I created them. They rattled once before. They moved once before. He breathed once before and he can do it again. He's the same God that he was then. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for a living God? Praise the Lord. But when Lazarus came forth, When he was called by Jesus from the grave, he was bound. He was tied. He couldn't function like he needed to. He couldn't get by like he needed to because he was bound. He was all wrapped up. I had to go through a training process. And the very first day they said, you're going to go where they're going to do intakes today. Forty men got off of the bus shackled, shuffling their feet, 
moving along. They were commanded at every move. Don't stop. Keep walking. Line up. You do what I tell you to do. Barking at men. Commanding them. Demanding their every move. Everything they did. And they gave me a pile of keys. I'd never done it before in my life. And they said, when that name is called, you're going to take those, that, 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 that key and you're going to go to that man and he's going to turn around and he's going to lift one foot up because that's all he can do. And you're going to get down there and it's double locked. I want you to know when Satan wraps up somebody. It's just not a little twine. It's not a little thread. But it was double locked and I'd worked with it on one foot for a long time and I'd turn it one way and then I'd turn it back the other way and I'd pull at the shackle and I still couldn't get it undone and I'd, I'd go again and I would twist the key. They said, go, go to the right and then back to the left and I'd turn back to the left all the way and finally a shackle turned loose on, on one ankle. Pick up the other leg. Pick up the other leg and same process and throw those shackles into the into a crate when you're done with those. Turn around, sir. Turn around and and he's shackled around the waist and his hands are bound and and there's a black box over and and a, a big bar coming through and the chain coming to it and a lock there and the handcuffs are double locked and when I bent over that first man and I saw what sin had done to that man. I saw what sin, how sin had wrecked that life. I choked. And tears started running down my face and there were 39 more waiting to be unshackled. And I said, oh God, sin is so cruel. These men are bound. They're struggling. Can I tell you that sin is cruel enough and Satan is cruel enough? That wasn't all there was. When they're put on the bus and they're brought to where we are, taken anywhere else, their hands are put in a box. And then another box, the top of it, comes down over their wrist again. And that's locked again. And if it's a 12-hour drive or ride... Their hands are inside there. And they're pulling at every bump and they're they're pressed in every way and they're torn. And when they get there and they get their hands out of the boxes and we get to where they are and they said, please, please take these shackles off. Sir, you can't get them off of me fast enough. You can't get them off quick enough. They're hurting. It's painful. Their arms are usually swollen. Some of them blood is dripping down. It's cruel. But man has sinned. Man has done so many things wrong that, sir, you don't have no choice. You don't have a choice now. And I see those men with their belongings. Church, would you hear me tonight?
I see them with their personal belongings. And duffel bag is brought in, and they're taking in, and they're stripped down of their clothes that's on them. And the personal things that they have that they've held on to that's been dear to them. Officer, just throw that in the trash. They won't need that here. Officer, that's, that's not any use to them. The only thing that they can keep is maybe a letter from the family or a few pictures if they're presentable. And they can keep a, a Bible. My heart was so grieved one day on intake whenever we put Bibles into their possessions, into their little bag that they were going to get with their new clothing, with their new shoes, everything that they would need for there, it was put in that bag for maybe a couple of months down the road, and they wore what, what was given to them at that time. But one man said to me, Sir, I was going through his stuff. He said, Sir, my Koran." You can't have it. You'll get it back one day, but you can't have it. I never heard one other person that had a Bible say, Sir, my Bible, please. Could I take it with me? But the man cried out and wailed out, My Koran, I can't live without it. I can't go a day without it. Please let me have my Koran. But he couldn't have it. There's a lot of mature Christians in here today. There's a lot of people that have been living for God a long time. I've seen as young as 16 years old come into an adult prison just a kid and I've seen him up to 70 years old could I tell the church you're not exempt from the devil coming against you if we don't get a hold of the horns of the altar I'm laying a foundation for just a little while and then I'll get into the main message and I'm just about there but I've seen every size, I've seen every ethnic, I've seen every, every type of person that you could see among men. I've seen them, I've seen them with their hair that they've, they've taken care of for a long time. But when they get them through process, the next place they go before they finally give them a meal after hours on a bus and after hours of shackled is they take them and they shave all their hair off. And the Muslim cried, don't shave my hair, please. Don't shave my hair, please. Bound to tradition. But Jesus said, come forth, Lazarus. 
I need some folks to stand and worship God here tonight. I need you to stand go ahead and praise God. I need you to exalt God. You, you've, you've been coming to church and you've been sitting there and you've been hearing the word of God preached. Now I need you to go ahead and lift up your hands. Go ahead and exalt the Lord. Come on now. It's time to worship him. You've, you've come to the house of God now. It's time. It's time to exalt him. Go ahead now. You want to get up and dance before the Lord a little bit? Come on, come on. And Satan will even allow you to do some things as long as he's got you bound. He'll allow you to make it to the house of God. He'll allow us to come into the presence of God. Come on, I still need some people to worship tonight. You've been coming for a long time. You've been, you've been in the presence of God a long time. I need you to worship for a little while. We need some, we need some worship going on around here. What's the problem, sir? Bound. He's changed. He's got to be bound. I want to worship God, but I can't. He's changed. He's got yeah, but I've seen you in church service after service. I've seen you come in here. I've seen you walk through the doors. Young lady, come on, worship. Come on. Praise him. Exalt him. Get those hands up and work. Come on, you can do it. There's a struggle. It's hard. It's not easy. There's a desire. But Satan has bound. They've been called. I said they've been called. I read in the scripture the other day, a couple of days ago, a man brought his son to Jesus and he said, Jesus, would you, would you help us? He's, 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 there, there's so many things going on in his life. He throws himself into the fire and he, he, he throws himself into the water, whatever it is, if it's a creek or if it's a, if it's a big body of water, it doesn't matter. He throws himself in and when he walks by the fire, he, he throws himself into the fire and, and we can't do anything with him. Listen to what the man said to Jesus. He said, if Thou canst. If you can, Lord, if you can, Jesus, would you help us if you can do anything? Immediately, Jesus said, If you can believe. If you can believe, you've asked me if, but I'm telling you, if you can believe, I wonder if there's anybody here tonight in Indian Village that will agree with me and say, I refuse to see my brother bound. I refuse to see my sister bound. I refuse to see those around me. I believe there are those that have received the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, that we have never helped to lose.
and set them free in the kingdom of God. I've heard men day after day, one Pentecostal boy that said, I was there, I used to worship God at Eastwood Pentecostal Church. I would lift up my hands, I was around the altar, I spoke in tongues, I was baptized in Jesus' name. But he said, I never really got it all. You know what happened? He was bound. And he just wasn't free enough to worship God. I'm telling you, worship is important. Worship is vital. I don't want to come and patty cake for Jesus because this is all I can do because I'm bound. I don't want to come and just shuffle my feet for Jesus because that's all I can do and that's all I feel like doing. I tell you, it weary, it, it wearies God. I believe it bothers God a lot of times when we come dragging in here on a service night and we're weary and we're tired because we've exhausted ourselves. And yes, we've got to work and we've got to do, but when we come dragging our feet in and we say, I don't have a whole lot of time, God. I don't have a whole lot to give tonight. I'm tired. I'm weary. I just can't get my hands up tonight, God. They're, they're worn. They're tired. They're str- I struggle with it. I'm bound. I'm bound to things in this world. I'm bound to things around me. I was meditating this afternoon I know I'm going to get into a little touchy subject here. But it's all right. I do believe. I'm in the will of God. I saw a vision come before me. Brother Terry, you mentioned this to me the other day in passing. People doing this on the phones and with games. You know what I saw? I can't break away from it. I can't let it go. Put it down for a little while. Enjoy life. Get over it. Come on. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Could I tell you that God doesn't have an iPhone, but I still talk to him? Could I tell you that God doesn't have Facebook, but I still call him friend and he still calls me friend? Could I tell you that God doesn't have Instagram, but I still follow him? Hallelujah, just to walk with him means everything to me. Come on now, you've been in church a long time. You were born and raised in it. You know what it is. You know all about it. I don't know why you're not worshiping tonight. I don't know why you're not praising him tonight. I, I, I've, seen, I've seen the call of God upon your life. I've seen God beckon you. I've, I've seen God bid you to come forth and, and say, come on, my child. And God did his part. Could I tell you that God did his part? Then he said to the church, Loose him. Loose him. Bring him on down here. 
This is what happens to a prisoner. This is what happens to somebody bound. Somebody has to take them by the arm and walk them around. Somebody has to take them and help them to the next place. It's not easy, is it? It's difficult. I would desire to. And I've cried out for help at times. I've bid my brother, my sister, would you, would you pray for me? Yeah, I'll pray for you. Don't worry about that. I'll, I'll pray for you. But I've got some things that I'm struggling with. I've got some things that are pressing against me. I've got some things that, that, are, that are hard for me right now to deal with. You're going to get over it, man. It's, I've been through those things. It's going to be all right. You're, you're going to be fine. Everybody goes through that. Everybody endures that. Everybody fights with that. Everybody fights with struggles in their life. You'll be okay. Just come back to church next service, would you? Just, just don't quit coming to church. You'll be all right. Oh, but Ken, I, I, it seemed like I can't put one foot ahead of the other. It seemed like that I'm all bound. I'm tied up. I, I, I want to I worship God. But whenever I, I go to lift up my hands, it seemed like I can only get them to here. And I can't get them any further. I just can't break loose. Go ahead, keep on. We've done it, church. We're guilty. You're going to be all right. It's going to be fine. Go on home with your struggles. Go on home with your problems, young people. Go on home with your burdens. Go on home with your shackles. But just come on back to church again. Jesus said, loose them, him. Loose him. I told God in a prayer meeting the other night, God, there's nothing impossible with you. You're our salvation. You're our hope. You're our everything. But we've expected you to do everything. We've required of you everything where we can just kind of sit back and and say, oh, the church is doing pretty good. Church is all right. There's nothing wrong with the church. There's nothing wrong with people. They're just, they're just weary. They're just tired. I'm convinced that there's some people that have never been loose. They're bound in shackles. What about an adult? Does Satan still come against you? Does he still put the pressure on you to do some things and to go some places and to say some things? God's calling the church tonight. I said, God's calling the church tonight. We can keep letting folks walk out the door if you want to. 
we can keep letting folks struggle in worship without putting our arms around them. I've been bound before. I said, I've been bound before. And I needed a brother. I needed a sister. I needed somebody to come up to me and say, Ken, I don't know what's going on. But you, you're gonna, we're going to help you with this. And, 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 and I brought some spiritual scissors. I brought some spiritual cutters. And, and I brought some things prepared for this service tonight and for you. And I'm going to get down on my knees. And, and I'm going to plead the blood. And I'm going to pull on some handles. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut at some ties. And, and I'm going to help you break some bonds within you. One man, the other day, said, Sir, would you, would you give me some scriptures to read tonight? Some scriptures that will help me along. He said, I've, I've struggled. You know what it is? He's bound. I'm telling you, we have truth. We have truth. And the truth shall, the truth shall, shall, Backing up just a few scriptures, and I'm coming to a close. And we're getting ready to turn some people loose around here that want to worship. We're getting ready to turn some people loose around here that want to praise God. And I'm, I'm hoping and praying it's just not the ones that have the, the, the straps on their hands and on their feet and the chains on them. I hope it's not just those. But I hope there's some more folks out here saying, I've been bound. I've been struggling with some things. I, I I get up one day and I'm feeling great and I feel like I just want to worship and then the next day I'm right back in the same old rut and I'm back in the same old thing and I'm I'm thinking the same old thoughts. But I said, Piero, I'm going to give you some scripture. And he came back the next morning and he was lit up and he said, oh, it brought to me something that I needed. The man that I told you about that went to Eastwood Pentecostal Church, he said, Mr. Bushnell, I quit worshiping God. I got tired. There wasn't anybody around me to support me anymore. I didn't have anybody there that would grab me by the arm and say, come on, man, let's go to the house of God. Come on, man, let's go to a prayer meeting. Come on, let's go get together in, in, in some secret place and pray and talk to God. And he said, I turned so far from God that I started worshiping the devil. I started entertaining evil thoughts. And he said, I've laid in bed at night and I've had dark spirits come into my room. And it got so cold in there that I would just about freeze to death. And then he said it would turn and it would go out. And he said my, my room would warm up. I am said, I'm telling you, just as there are angels of light, there's angels of darkness. And that angel of darkness will come into that place and it will surround you. And there will be that cold feeling. But I said, I want to ask you something, man. This weekend, that was on Thursday. I said, this weekend, I want you to pray. He said, I'm, I'm, I don't pray anymore. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. I said, no, you're not. 
No, you're not. You're not an atheist. You do believe there's a God. And I want you to find yourself a place somewhere this weekend. I want you to pray. You know what I did? I cut a shackle. I cut a band. I broke some things loose with him. He said, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can talk to God. I don't know if I can communicate with him. I've spent so much time with Satan. I don't know if God will hear me anymore. I said, I'm going to tell you something, man. I'm going to help free you. I'm going to help turn you loose. I'm going to help unshackle you from the things that have controlled your mind and your heart. Somebody really wants to worship God. Somebody in this church has really been wanting to worship God a long time. I see a hunger. I see a desire. But that's not where you want to be. That's not who you want to be. That's not where you want to stay. That's not the place God called you. But there's some people at this church, Maddie, that love you. There's some people here that want to help you. We're here for you, and we want to see you make it. I know that it's, it's a struggle out there in, in high school. I know it's a struggle out there with your peers, and I know there are things that are hard. But we're going to help you break forth and break forth. And into a praise and a worship and glorifying God and magnifying God and getting in touch with Him like you really want to get in touch with Him and lifting up hands unto the Lord and magnifying Him and saying, Oh God. You've been better than this to me. I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to do this all the time. I want to be free. I want to be turned loose from the things that have shackled me and held me for so long. I want to entertain the presence of God. I can walk like I want to walk in his presence now. I can talk like I want to talk in his presence now. I can lift up my hands now. Hey, church, it's our responsibility. We've got to cut them loose. We've got to turn them loose. Well, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will pray for my kid. Somebody else will intervene for them. But I want to tell you, mom and dad, your son, your daughter, is counting on you. They want to hear you pray. God, keep Bentley. God, don't let him be lost. Jeff and Jen, would you make your way this way, please, for me just a moment? We've got, we've got people that can do it. We've got people in this church that have been counted on for years. We've got people in this church that we've depended on that they're our prayer warriors. They'll do the praying. I'm not saying that Jeff and Jennifer don't ever pray. But somebody else will do it. I'm, I'm so busy. I'm tied up. I've got places to go.
I don't know how long I'll be at Allen Correctional Center, but I hope and pray that I never see one of ours come in. There's a lot of Pentecostal men in Allen Correctional Center. I hope and pray that I never see one of ours. Oh, I know who he is. I've seen him on the pew. I've seen him struggling. But there's a call for the church tonight. Loose them. Loose him. Loose him. Mom and Dad, would you come over here, please? I want to worship. I want to worship. I really want to live for God. I want to serve Him. I want to make it. I didn't know, son. I didn't know, my child, that you were that oppressed. I didn't know that you were that bound. I, didn't, I, I, I thought everything was good because you come to Sunday school. You've done things on the platform. You've, you've, you've been a part of the church. <laughs> That's it, Bentley. The child, no, no, the, the child's innocent. It'll never happen. They, they'll never, they'll never end up confused and never end up struggling. They'll never end up on drugs. She'll never go that direction. Look at her. That's innocent. Look at Olivia. She, she'll never be bound by sin. She'll never be able to not raise her hands. I'm telling you, Satan does not care. Satan doesn't have any compassion. Mom, would you come just for a moment and help? I want some others to gather around. I want a Sunday school teacher to gather around. I want, I want some folks to come near, somebody come closer. You're going to hear mom praying for you sometime in the night. You're going to hear mom calling out your name, Olivia, saying, I want my baby to make it. I don't want her to get entangled in the affairs of this world. I don't want her to be bound. I don't want her to, I don't want her to feel hopeless. I don't want her to be in some place sometime that I don't know when I'll ever, I'll ever, I'll ever. Mars came in my office a few days ago. He said, Mr. Bushnell, I've got a request. I don't know if you can do it. But since I've been in here for 20 years, several years ago, I lost contact with my mom. She quit talking to me. My few times that I do get to call, I can't get her to answer the phone anymore. Mr. Bushnell, would you, would you go on Google and see if you can find my mom, Wendy, 
See if you can locate her for me. I'm lonely. I'd like to see my mom. I did some horrible things to her. I, I, I treated her wrong in life. I, I deserve to be here, but I'd still like to talk to her and tell her I still love her. I still care about her. I still want to see her face. It can't happen to a child. Would you like to be free in the Holy Ghost? Would you like to worship Him like you've seen other folks worship Him? But you're bound. You're bound to things. You're not a deep sinner. You've come to, I, I watch you walk through the church doors and I, I watch you sit on the pew and, and I watch you do this every now and then, but, but you really can't worship him because you're bound. You haven't been loosed like you need to be loosed. It's a responsibility. You sure you want to worship him? You, are you positive? You're, you're ready to exalt the name of the Lord now from the bottom of your heart with everything that is within you? Come on, men. Let's 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 cut him loose. Let's 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 set him free. Let's set him free right now. Let's unshackle him. Let's help him to know that we love him here. Let's let him know that we're concerned about him here. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care what you've gone through in life. I want you to know we love you. We want you to be a part of worship in this church. But we want to help set you free. We want to help unshackle you from the things that have bound you for so long. I don't know what's troubling you. You don't know what's troubling me. But I'm telling you, there's some things that have got some folks shackled that we call Christians. And they're doing some things right. They're coming to church. But they just can't worship God. But there's freedom here tonight. There's liberty in the house. We've come to loose you in Jesus' name. We've come to set you free in Jesus' name. We've come to take off the shackles that have had you bound. Come on, somebody. Worship Him now. You're free to worship God. You can entertain the presence of God. That's it. That's it, Olivia. That's it, Olivia. Come on. Come on around the front. God's setting free. People are being going to be set free tonight. God's calling. Come on to the altar. Come on to the altar. Make your way to the front tonight. God's calling and we're going to help set free tonight. We're going to help loose tonight. We're going to help cut the shackles that have you bound so that you can worship God. So that you can entertain God in His presence, His fullness of joy. Mm. 